And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror! <laughs> Hello, my little film freaks. I've got a script I want to try to pitch to you. It's about a guy pitching a film. It's a fake documentary about the making of Scream where Wes Craven is really a demon from the meta-dimension, but halfway through the pitch, the fake documentary achieves sentience and destroys the scriptwriter. Wait, wait, wait a minute, no, no! Oh my God, my theoretical meta-movie has achieved sentience and wants to kill me, oh no! It's the movie Popcorn from 1991. No! Well, Saturday night at 8 o'clock I know where I'm gonna go I'm gonna pick my baby Hello everyone and welcome to the vault of startling monster horror tales of terror. I am your co-host this evening, Mr. Luke Giaconetti. I would like to thank everyone for downloading and listening to our show. But as always, I can't do this by myself. I need some other people sitting in here in the aisle with me, left to right across your podcast dial. We've got the hair metal hero, Chris Tyler. Everyone always wonders how I get those straight A's. I keep telling them I do lots of extra credit assignments. That, that, that explains so much about you, Hero. Mm-hmm. It really does. And uh, <laughs> up next, we've got Two True Freaks OG, Chris Honeywell. Yo, we got people breeding in the balcony! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, rounding out our, uh, our little uh, uh, film class, you know, uh, our student film, experimental film, whatever you want to call it. My brother, Mr. Jason Giaconetti. Looked like a fucking snow cone. <laughs> I think that was everybody's first choice. <laughs> yes, it was. I was like, somebody's going to have that. So. <laughs> I had that written down, and then it got... Then I, then I was like, ooh, I'm definitely going for people breeding in the balcony. Yeah. I always, so, love, I always love voices from the crowd. Yes, yes. Uh, the the, the modern-day, uh, you know, uh, Greek chorus... Uh, so today, on this episode, we are uh, continuing our series of horror rack hangers-on, the films you, you, yes you, dear listener, might have found in the on the rack in your horror section of your old uh, video rental store at that one point. And so we are jumping ahead a little bit. We are going to 1991. We are covering the film Popcorn. And this is a film that I picked this because I really only know this as a VHS movie. Uh, I, I We were talking before we came on the air. Hero, you said you remember seeing TV spots for this endlessly. I do oh, remember yeah. seeing TV spots, but I never actually remember it 
playing in a theater anywhere. I remember seeing commercials for it, and then one day the commercial stopped, and that was it. And I didn't see this until probably about 2002 or so when uh, I was uh, I was living in Clemson, South Carolina, and uh, my now wife and I would go and rent movies from the what was at one point the video gallery but previous it was the movies and uh-huh. I've told about movies before where it had a cow theme for video rental place and uh, it this popcorn to me is the epitome of a very specific type of horror rack hanger on it's it's not a direct to video movie but it's a movie that had a theatrical release had enough of a budget for a theatrical release but was so disastrous a release that went directly to video very, very quickly after its theatrical release and primarily found life there. Uh, To me, a very well-known VHS box uh, with the uh, very kind of trendy um, popcorn logo with the green trim, uh, the uh, skeleton holding up a masquerade mask of uh, Jill Sholin, who is our our female lead, and uh, the great, great tagline, buy a bag, Go home in a box. So, uh, any anyone else have any uh, any memories of of popcorn? You know, perhaps relating to seeing it on on tape or on cable. I don't think uh, anybody. I don't. I think no, no one. I don't mean all just us. Over. No one saw it in the theater. Okay. So just just to back up what Luke said. So the the thing was, um, it actually it opened and it did so bad that it was pulled from most theaters and oh, sent geez. to second run or discounts like the, the the cheapy theater the dollar theaters and that's where it had its theatrical run technically in the second run theaters as a first run movie and that's the problem that's why we saw the ads and then it went away because it never played anywhere uh and that's part of the problem you think about it like in 1991 i mean you know there there were there were not I mean, there weren't the insane movie plexes you have nowadays but like you would have a theater that would have like, you know, eight, 10 movie theaters, the bigger movie, they would have 10 screens or whatever. It never played at those, but it wound up going to the cheapy theaters. Now around we were, we didn't have a cheapy theater. We didn't have those like dollar theaters that Luke and I would eventually have during college, uh, which were staple basic going out for, you know, an easy night of, uh, you know, kind of thing like, Oh, we're going to the movies. Oh, we're going to spend two bucks, you know, kind of thing. Right. Um, so, Without it going there, uh, the the thing is when when this movie came when we, when I went to watch this, I actually thought like this is the one where the guy dresses up like all the different monsters, which is fade to black, uh, which came out like a decade earlier. And totally, like, di- totally different tone. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I know, but I'm thinking like why are we watching this movie? And I'm thinking to myself going why are we watching this? And as soon as I watch, I go, oh no, I know this movie because we saw this. Um, I want to say it's HBO. It could have been Cinemax. If one of those channels late at night kind of thing, they would have it on and it was shown like once probably during the Halloween time of things. You know what I'm saying? Uh, this was not a regular cable thing. This is definitely much more in that range. I remember seeing at least cause I, cause again, I remember seeing this sometime in the like college days. And I, and this wasn't one of the movies we, they showed, on the movie channel that the University of Albany used to run through and show movies. So it definitely had to be one of those times when I was home from college, kind of up real late at night, kind of flipping through the channels and caught this thing. But like having never seen it before, I, f- I found myself 
thinking to myself, how did I never hear about this? Because, and I had to, I had to stop and, and okay. I know the movie got made in 1991. I had to start looking up other movies <laughs> to see if this one was ripping off those was, or paying tribute to those movies or if they got stuff from this movie. And I was surprised to see this movie predating, you know, a lot of stuff that I think got like uh, uh, the one that I really had to look like. I knew that scream came after this and this is sort of like in this weird yep. midpoint of nightmare on Elm street and scream where it's sort of got, you know, setting up a nightmare on El- It's sort of at the beginning is setting up a nightmare on Elm street, supernatural sort of revenge sort of thing, but it's got that scream post, you know, meta thing going on. But then what what really got me about it was once once it got going and they were having the film festival, how much time it spent showing you the the the, the, the cheesy movies they were showing. And then it was reminding me of that movie Matinee, which had Mant in it. And and this one had the giant mosquitoes. And I was just like. Okay, so and then I'm like, okay, matinee came after this, and the whole, just the whole thing with the with the way the audience was acting and stuff, it reminded me of an a, a little of an Alan Arkish movie too, like Rock and Roll High School or Get Crazy, of just sort of like capturing the chaos of that. And I was like, why why isn't this movie like uh, considered a classic? And the only thing that I could really think about think of as the weakness of this movie, I guess, is the acting that, that like the, the, the acting, it wasn't terrible. I didn't, the lead, but the lead actress just never, you know, it, it never was like to the level of say nightmare on Elm street, where you had a character that uh, any character that you could care about. By the time this gets going, you don't really care that you don't care about anybody because it's just <laughs> a goofy ride. But I don't understand why this movie is a. It, this movie is in sort of in in a space and adding little things to that sort of change that was going on in this time period between classical horror movies and the scream sort of meta horror movies that were to come in the in the intervening years. It was still. I think it felt older because like alan ormsby worked on it bob clark was one of the uncredited producers so it had that real like um solid but low solid low budget feel to it yeah, well, i mean it also pays a lot of homage to william castle yeah yeah oh yeah i was gonna say it's all of like the matinee yeah. yeah well, yeah. well, two, yeah. well but, i mean two-thirds of the gimmicks are straight up recycled gimmicks that William Castle used. Uh, You mentioned uh, the movies within the movie. So the three that we get are Mosquito. Amusingly, there is in fact a movie that came after. There is a movie that came after this called Mosquito. But uh, so Mosquito uses, it has the big giant mosquito prop. That is a callback to uh, Emergo, which was, that was the gimmick from House on a Haunted Hill, which had a skeleton that would slide down a rope into the theater. Uh, the second uh, feature is Attack of the Amazing Electrified Man, which, um, you know what, this um, it just, just kind of reminds me of, uh, oh, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, his, perfect Man. 
Well, no, not I'm, well, I'm saying that the director he did he did a series of movies. He did like Gog and he did a few other that were like trying to be scientific but were clearly, you know, still kind of science fictiony. But they had <laughs> they they were shot kind of that, you know, so almost expressionist style, a lot of a lot of low angles, you know, that kind oh, of stuff. Jack Arnold. No. Jack Arnold, you can guarantee you're gonna have some science in your movie, but he's gonna put some big no, not, no, not not Jack <laughs> Arnold. I'm talking yeah. But uh, but this one <laughs> but this one, this has the um, what they call shockoscope, which is um, Percepto, which was the yes. famous gimmick from the Tingler, where yes. there were seats in the theater wired to give an electric jolt, like a joy buzzer up your rear end. And they had a, an operator sitting there with the control board. And then the, the third film is The Stench, which is supposed to be clearly like a, a Japanese import, which I, I always find that hilarious. <laughs> I find it absolutely hilarious that there's a Japanese import. It's called the stench. And, uh, and it's all they, gross. Uh, smells like the John waters. Yes. Version though. Yeah. Not, it's not, not like the scent of mystery smell of vision where it's like pipe tobacco and, and baking bread and perfume. It's like the uh, John waters one where it's like body odor and, uh, dead dog. dead dog. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, and what's funny is that, you know, so we do have those three, films within a film and like you said it is kind of like uh matinee which is another movie that i really enjoy what's also interesting is that this is as you say it's it's it predates scream but you know what this comes after and i don't know how much of an influence this was but it does kind of make me think about it this is post mystery science theater 3000 oh yeah the idea of watching a bad movie and interacting with it. And it's part of the show. That's the entertainment is that you're interacting with it. And then you get, you know, um, you know, Dr. M talks about that when he gives this whole spiel about showmanship and, you know, and how that he'll give them a crash course in showmanship and teach them how to, you know, put on a great show. And that of course ties in, in the final reel with spoilers on with Toby, you know, yeah, now, spe- you know, speaking of Rich. His, his great performance in front of the audience, which is a, to me that that is what ties this most, not not only the scream but the scream sequels, the I uh, and and even, yeah. but you know the and, and you know going the idea of, you know it's it's like Swan says in the liner notes to Family of the Paradise is like is it real or is it entertainment? Check your local TV listings if you're confused, right? There, there's one of the scream sequels where they're having the the this totally the beginning the first scene with the film class where they're talking with their professor and everybody's sort of throwing stuff and there's a scene in a scream movie that that's taking place in a film class it's the where they're talking about sequels you know and that's scream too yeah like hero says yeah yeah and it's yeah it's very very similar right so that that's that's why i said i didn't see this till i was about 10 years past it's when it was made but it really stuck with me because i thought it was just very creative and it's it's just got some unusual and unique touches that i find out now are due to how it was made um you know it's got an amazing setting okay the dreamland theater is actually the historic ward theater in wait for it kingston jamaica which is well, where that would, this film was shot. That would uh, explain that's the band. They, yes, that's why there's a reggaeton band. That's why they have a reggaeton band playing there. And they have the, the, the two songs, Saturday Night at the Movies and Scary Scary Movies. I love both the songs on the soundtrack, by the way. But that theater, it, it's exactly what they described. It was a performing arts theater. It was converted into a cinema. It is a beautiful theater. It was... Uh, 
it it was it there it's the third theater that was standing in that portion of Kingston since like the, the 1700s. Oh. Uh, it opened in 1912, and it was still being used um, for uh, you know for performances it, up until about 2007. It was damaged by Hurricane Dean, and then it was restored in 2012 and reopened in 2017. So the Ward Theater was restored and is still holding a hosting performance today, but uh, just a beautiful old theater. And so much of the film takes place in and around that theater. And that just that setting, you know, Jay, you talk about this on bots, bugs and babes all the time. If you can use a location, not only does it, is it cheaper, but it lends authenticity. And so the authenticity that they're in a real theater and a real projection booth and a real, you know, uh, lobby you know, in a real uh, marquee outside and all that, that ends so much sincerity and authenticity to this film. And you get the, you know, I always get the feeling, it's like, man, I would love to go to this horathon. You know, yeah. if, 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 if you see that programmed, it's like, oh, we're bringing back these old movies and we're doing the gimmicks. Yeah, you're getting my 10 bucks and I'm getting a t-shirt. You know, no question. Yeah, yeah that was, uh, that was like just the dream set up of that they they not only put 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 in the you know got the gimmicks from the original films they everybody had their own gimmicks going you had the yes. guy in the cage with the nurse and everybody was in character and it's you know it's just hard to find a group of people and get enough people willing to commit to a horror night like that it was just it was it was a beautiful thing it could have been really cheesy but it's a movie made by filmmakers. So yes. like that stuff all rings true. They exaggerated it a little bit for the movie, but it all rings true. You know, it has a real, real feel to it. And their, you know, their references and, and movie stuff they say is, is all pretty good. It's all pretty legit. It's not really cheesy sort of stuff. So it was, uh, once, like when it was first starting, I'm like, ah, okay, we'll see how this goes. And then once it got rolling, I was just completely into it because it's like one of those long night movies, <laughs> you know, but it, except with people getting killed. So, yeah. And it's so refreshingly like sort of PG rated. Right, I don't think there's any nudity, and uh, there's no nudity. It's some blood. The, some the blood, the blood is very light, though. You know, it's yeah, not that, like super. They they're not going for gory, gross out. You know, if um, some some people rate things on you know the the spousal scale, <laughs> this one's an easy watch with your non horror spouse. There, there's yes. nothing in this that would be like, oh my god, why did you make me watch this? There's no, you know, awkward scene of a of a girl prancing around naked for no particular reason. Damn it. Uh, there's there's actually several very well uh, put together female characters in this movie that have different motivations and interests, you know? So that's that's that alone is a little bit out outlandish for the era, you know? <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> and then there's but, uh, also there's also no creepy doll if your wife's freaked out by dolls. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, uh, <laughs> There's also no giant spiders. Those are main ones that I was like, is there a giant spider in this? No. Is there a big snake? No. Is there a doll? No. 
There is a giant yeah, mosquito. Uh, really, I think it, it does kind of depend on your spouse's tolerance of reggaeton. You know, if they, <laughs> if they don't like, yeah, if they don't like, if they hate reggae, they're in trouble. Yeah. Well, I gotta tell you, this band is like the miracle band because they somehow play fully amplified when the electricity, they're like, the electricity goes off and they're like, put on the band. I'm like, what the hell is this reggae band going to do? <laughs> you know, they're gonna, well, they're going to hit the steel drums. You know, the steel drums don't work. Oh, no, the electric bass was going just fine. I heard reverb and everything. Yeah, he had a battery. He had a wireless battery pack. Battery. Yeah. yeah, yeah. they had a guy backstage on a bike pedaling a bike. <laughs> yeah. But and, I, and all, all kidding aside, in Jamaica, yeah, they probably did. They're going to figure something out. It's right. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. yeah I, mean, I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't mean that as a dig. It's like I, I can tell no. you, you know. I mean, I, I got to know a couple of Jamaicans when I was, when I, when I was on vacation there, and it's like, yeah, they'll figure something out, man. You know, it's like, especially if it's, if it's for the music. Oh yeah, they'll figure it out, man. <laughs> <laughs> got to put on a good show. <laughs> well, one of the video rabbit holes I fell down in, and it started with people in Africa, but I saw people in Jamaica, all sorts of third world countries, people who just go out in the, in the bush of their third world country and find abandoned cars. And then and then tried it like they they set like a time limit of like three hours to get it get it running enough so they can you know drive it around. Hey. And uh, why it's does amazing. that sound like a deleted scene from one of the two movies we watched, The Dead and The Dead Two? Yeah, <laughs> it, totally, totally. It reminds me of that too, for sure. But uh, yeah, but the other the other thing I always liked about this, as I said, our our villain is Toby, who starts out as one of our teens which i think is great in fact on the vhs box they even say that um when giving the rundown they say you know tony roberts annie hall d wallace stone et cujo and ray walston my favorite martian stars the adults who are helpless to stop the mayhem while jill Shullen and tom villard are two film students desperate to pull the curtain on this fatal film within a film except creative marketing man yeah, well, Tom Villard is Toby, and he is actually our psycho killer. And, which I, I, which uh, I was totally taken aback by the first time I watched this because he's one of the goofy brothers yeah. in one crazy summer, and I was yeah. like, <laughs> what? he's also yeah. one of the goofy guys in like a uh, Golden Girls episode. Yes, the, uh, he, well, he when, usually plays a goofy guy. I mean, well, I'm saying this, but like he's in the Golden Girl episode, and I think we saw it right. Be- I mean, I've seen every Golden Girls episode like a hundred times, but I'm saying is it was one of the episodes we just watched. And I said to Kelly, I said, hey, the, the killer in this movie is one of the guys who was uh, yeah, with well, them. And Kelly goes, really? Was it Rue McClanahan? I go, no, one of the guys. So well, an, <laughs> a, another situation, another thing that might have influenced Scream, you know, because that that was sort of how Scream yeah, was. You exactly. had the two actors that you were like used to be in the, the comedy relief you know were the killers well but even then even the idea that one of the one of their own party mm-hmm. was the killer when it was yes. believed that it was someone external to the party was which, the killer which which is the weirdest part of the whole movie because i thought could, it was better than it being the dad you know it was better but it's just like where did the like the, where was the the like the, 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 the marquee changing? It's like, yes. is this a supernatural movie or is it not? Because it kind of seems like it's not. Well, what yeah, was the I name? Mean, what was the name of the haunted film? Was it Possessor? Possessor. Which which is a David Cronenberg Sun movie now. Yeah, as, yeah. As yeah, yeah, yeah. And, well, but uh, like 
Yeah, they had that whole supernatural scene with with D Wallace D, D Wallace in the beginning of it, and you're like, okay. And then I and then, you know, maybe they were gonna set it up where you know Toby was possessed or something like that, but no, they just dropped it. But I liked it better. They even had the pathos moment where he saw the nurse girl had the crush on him. Yes. And uh, and that that once it started going and and you know and he got to do a little flip out very much like um, I can't remember the actor's name now the guy who played Shaggy in Scream. Matthew Lillard. Yeah. Oh, Matthew Lillard. Yeah. Yeah, Lillard. To play Shaggy later. Yes. Yes. Remember he played Shaggy in Scream. You know the the mystery machine world. There's there's a lot of dead bodies in here, Fred. We got to get the hell out of here. Hey, that's a crossover. It couldn't happen because it was just a guy in a mask. Yeah. Yeah. Let's unmask him. It's Skeet Ulrich. Oh my God. Scooby Doo has taught us nothing. Scooby Doo has taught us nothing if they haven't taught us that the real uh, villains in life are people. Like, Uh, it's not. Specifically, old white men. Old white capitalists. Old white capitalists trying to pull a land scheme. I was was going to say, you know, it's like Lex Luthor's. Well, I was going to say, you know what's funny is that for certain generations of Scooby fans, that's actually not true. Because if you grew up, like, if let's, let's say that you're, you know, uh, a half generation behind, like, Jay and Hero and I, you know? Yeah. And you grew up with, like, the, the direct-to-video movies, like Zombie Island and Witch's yeah. Ghost and all those. Yeah, the yeah, monsters yeah. are all real in those. Yeah. Right? yeah. And so it's like, it's like, you say, let's unmask. Like, what are you talking about? They're like, they're running away from zombies on a, on an Island. It's like, it's like who directed this Lucio Fulci, that's, you know, that's but, why, yeah. that's why generation X, that's why we're so cynical and uh, cynical bastards. Cause we grew yeah. up watching Scooby-Doo and we're like, yeah, it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. It's some guy's mess. Fucking with you. You gotta think he's got dry ice and, and a pulley system underneath there. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, you that's know? the other reason. I mean, it's even in Can't Hardly Wait, right? You know, that's why yeah. we all dig the girls with dark hair and glasses, right? It's because of Velma. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck, man. <laughs> I love me some Velma. Damn. Me too. Velma. Mini, hey, mini skirt, Mary Jane's knee highs, glasses. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. I'm on that, yep. man. <laughs> I'm with you, bro. Uh, Damn. Fuck about, yeah. uh, oh, my glasses. I can't see without my glasses. Yeah, I see oh, how it goes. Don't worry. Just use Braille. <laughs> Nah. I still love when she runs into Johnny Bravo and, and yeah. they run into each other and she <laughs> hey, goes, my buddy. glasses, I can't see without my glasses. And Johnny goes, my glasses, I, I can't be seen without my glasses. <laughs> Classic. Oh, but oh uh, yeah, but you know, that's the thing. The, the, the no prize with that hero that, that I've kind of, you know, concluded in my own brain is that, you know, Suzanne goes and all the, the letters fly off the marquee. And then it says possessor, you know, the only thing I can think is that because she was there when all the, when the original screening of possessor went down and lanyard tried to kill his family is that I I don't know why he would have rigged the letters to blow off, but I'm imagining that she's seeing the marquee like it looked you know, 20 uh, years ago, she might be PTSD now yeah. or something because, you know? because she, because the letters fly at her and it says possessor on the uh, marquee. But then when she's that. walking, the letters are not there on the ground. Mm, you know, true. But that's the, I, I, I am probably giving way too unreliable much narrator. 
you yeah, know too too much credit but yeah it could be it, you can write it off you yeah, can write you can I mean, this this movie is just a good. This movie is basically a reflection of what's happening, and it's a good time. It's to yeah. it's it's to you. The the movie's inviting you to yell yell at the movie from the screen too, and add yeah. another layer of of yelling at it. The, I like. I really I really regret that they couldn't afford um, more Ray Walston because yeah. He's Maybe it was because they only got him for that one scene, but like he came out and just started. He didn't chew the scenery. He was just chewing. He was yeah. just chewing everything. He was leaning forward and just like gong, 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 and it was glorious. Yeah. And yeah, uh, I was Rand like, was I was like, ooh, I'm looking forward to, you know, him Donald Pleasancing his way through this movie. <laughs> and sorry, that was it. Yeah. I, I was wa- waiting for a scene where he's like, "You watched the film, you <laughs> fools," you know. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it, it could. It, the, the only there were what was the other? Uh, my only other like thing that was like a big regret. Oh, that okay. So this guy made Possessor, and you know, legendarily, supposedly murdered his whole family on stage while watching the the while while showing the film as the grand finale of the film, and none of these super trivia nerd horror students had ever heard of possessor before that they never heard the legend in the story and it and it seems to be a sort of like local local deal too because look they they're all just living around (laughs) around the the yeah area yeah that's true that's true I, I love the idea of a weird film cult. There should be, uh, you know, that's that's a great idea. Well, aren't we in one right now? Sort of, yeah. I guess. Yeah, but not that weird. Not not a no. good. Not, not a, like a not, not a, like a not a supernatural Manson type. Yeah, you know? psychedelic snuff film sort of yeah, situation. Exactly. Yeah, no. You know? Yeah. The, so, uh, go ahead, Jeff. What I find real funny is that the movie is called Popcorn, which yeah. refers to um, stuff that happened in the movie that was cut out. Oh god! Uh, but yeah. they they loved the title so much they said we got to keep the title. So I mean I guess popcorn works because again it's the idea of it being you know like uh, you know like they're watching films and whatever kind of thing. But it actually tied in well, a lot more to the actual story. But all of it was cut. That whole subplot or whatever was cut out. Yeah. We're like no, let's just keep it though. You know, well, and, they, and they they do set it up in the montage because in the montage yeah. we see them we they they get two long shots of the popcorn machines. Yeah. So yeah. there is still some reference to pop. And I like I said I, I had read that too, and I I don't know what the I've I've never seen anything that actually explains what that plot point was that they cut. <laughs> but but I you know but again I love the title like that because that again it's popcorn that's what it is it's going to the movies. Yes. I mean, you tie that in with the the song from OCD and Stevie G, like I said, over the opening credits, which I've been singing Saturday night at the movies. You know, it's been living rent free in my head. I'm not going to lie. It's like a happier. It's like an even more. It's a happier version of Under the Boardwalk set somewhere that I like better than a boardwalk at the movies. <laughs> so yeah. I like I like this better. Absolutely. You know, the the part of this movie that always makes me think, actually, there's a part of this movie, Jay, that always makes me think of you. And that's when Toby is doing when he says, oh, I'm multi-identical. And he's demonstrating putting on all the makeup, putting on the the appliances and all that. 
because that's always really amused me because, you know, for a lot of these scenes, he's wearing an appliance and then he's putting on other parts and other appliances to make it look like he's wearing an, another appliance. So he's yeah. wearing, there are parts where he's wearing an appliance over one. And he'll take it off, and then it's the other appliance. And it's like that, again, you can tell that there is, much like Scream was made with a love for slasher movies, that there's a love for this sort of, you know, old school type of, you know, makeup effects and and monster movies and that type of, you know, that type of stuff that we all consume. And that's why I like that scene. You can tell that scene is, it's almost like it's written by a film student, right? Because it goes on for quite a while. But but it's so enjoyable that I kind of roll with it. It's executed like that, too, because they're using all the tricks yeah. of, of how he can bend down and put on a, di- you know, having a monologue while putting different faces on. But at the same time, there's so his main face is like he's just loosely putting it on. So his ears are flapping to the yeah. side and stuff. It it was it was just very, very well, well done. And also, like when he starts talking in different voices. There's so much ADR in this movie that it's kind of distracting at first, but then it by the end it lends into making it more real. If you get used to it, and it makes his him speaking in you know other actors' voices seem more credible, it, like, yeah, like uh, when yes, he's doing the professor's voice and stuff like the professor. Who I thought at first I was like, is that Trapper John, MD? No, <laughs> no it's, 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 John. It's, it's it's Woody Allen's pal from yep. Play It Again, Sam. And and uh, Annie Hall, yeah. Annie Hall, yeah. Well, uh, the the other bit I like in that. Okay, so this movie let let's 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 take a look at a timeline here. Movie's made in 1991. In that same scene, Tom Villard says, you know, with a nip here, a tuck here, he can also be multi-gendered. So who can't yep, be topical in 2021, right? Yep. Right on point. Well, I mean, they still. I, I mean, there's been. I mean, that's been going on since the days of Wendy Carlos. And just before that, but yeah, yeah, that, I, I, yeah, I, I thought about that and I was just like, wow, this is, uh, yeah. <laughs> and it, it wasn't as like insensitive as no. you would think it would be in 1991 no, too. Because you he's know? actually impersonating them, you know, yes. he's, he's not, it's not a guy in drag. He's actually impersonating a, a, a girl at that point. So I guess you can call her a girl. She's a college student. So it's not, you know. It's it's Young not lady. meant to be anything beyond a disguise, you know. the uh, The other thing this film has going for it, and Jay, you probably know this. I love any slasher movie with a good electrocution. Oh yeah, yeah. You know? yes. big <laughs> fan because because you know you stab somebody, you know we kind of know what it looks like if you get a cut. We can kind of you know extrapolate that in our brain if you get cut with something bigger. None of us have ever been electrocuted to the point that we're gonna die. I don't think. Right. No. <laughs> I mean, we I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. You know, I've, I've worked around electricity for a number of years. I've taken a few shocks, a yeah, few things that too. you walk off and say, OK, well, boy, we got to go talk to the safety guy. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> nothing that I've, I've never seen anybody. And I, I've I've done the the arc flash training. There's a great afternoon. Let's do the arc flash training when you see get people getting third degree burns all over their body because they opened a cabinet that wasn't de-energized. There's a fun thing to do after lunch for three hours. And what oh, it'll make you do never open a cabinet. That's what it'll make yeah. you do. Hey, I, saw, I I worked with a guy. We were putting in a a heating system for this Adirondack lodge that was humongous. So. We were down in the basement 
and he had to run a, a, a line to the main power in and you know just like I probably I'm trying to figure it out with my fingers now probably three and a half inches long with or thick was yeah. the the main power thing coming in and my dad and I were down at the end and he was running a snake through it and he was way down the hallway and he was running the snake down and and I'm in the doorway and my dad's watching it and you know trying to tell him when to stop and my dad goes okay stop and I tell him stop and he goes okay and then he just jams it in another like three inches and then oh. it's boom and we hear him go flying down the hallway his oh, hard hat's knocked off and he's this like older hippie guy and we go running out there and he's on his ass and he's just like fishing a cigarette out and lighting it you okay, man? You okay? He's like, yeah, I do that all the time. His hair's all fucked up. Jesus. God. Yep. He was a good electrician. He just said he was one. It's, uh, I, you I know, don't know if he was a good like. I, I would say he's not a good electrician. He was. He smoked way too much pot. He, yep. he had in his car. Yep. This, he had in his car. Um, he had hooked it up a, like a little box in where where you would normally have the cigarette lighter that just heated up coils and he would he would stuff pot into that with a fan behind it to just like blow pot smoke into his car <sighs> when he was driving around. <laughs> I'm telling you, you those fucking stoner MacGyvers, man, they're everywhere. Yeah. It's like I'm I'm just gonna put this out here. The IBEW does not condone smoking pot if you're on a on a union site to uh, install yeah. like you know electrical equipment. I'm just yeah. putting that out there. Having having this gotten a definitely couple of mild shocks from like the outlet job. and stuff. Yeah. I, I gotta be honest, I think I'd rather take a kick in the nuts over getting electrocuted again. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It, it, it is it's, a horrible way to die. I'm just I again I'm not and I I've you know got, it, it's I've gotten it's enough funny. shocks to know it's like one of the most unnatural, horrible yeah. feelings there's, ever. There's nothing yeah, the body was not meant to no. be that ground. That is what you are. And you know it's funny, and again, and you know, we, we we've I you know, Jay, I know you're a big fan of Shake Hands with Danger, you know, over at Rift Tracks. And yep. uh I, I you know, safety videos can be really amusing, but to me I have a hard time watching them because in the industry I'm in when you're on a construction site, yeah, you know all of that shit. And it's like, there ain't yeah. nothing funny about that, dude. No. no. But, they, uh, the, that, that's real. Future Farmers of America. Future Farmers of America used to show those in our school. And like, I used to, I used to be able to go to them because I lived on, uh, like I lived in like on a farm and then I lived down the street from a farm and would be working on one. So they're like, oh, you got to go watch these movies. And there was no laughter during all those movies because no. we saw all, you know, that bit. Hey, we, oh, that looks just like the hay bailing machine. Well, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I've seen all the ocean they, ones. They definitely oh, serve yeah. their, pur they serve their purpose. Of Dudes. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to like this has nothing to do with popcorn. OK, but I was on a job saying we had a crane that had to do all these big lifts. Right. And. One, because the crane was going to be operating in a certain area that was normally a an occupied area where there was going to be egress through the area. And because we were all the, the engineers and so we were qualified as superintendents, we could sign off on permits. We had to take the crane training. Yeah. Talk mm -hmm. about a horror show. 
and a guy, and, and this wasn't like a video. Or this the, was a guy the, who the, was the a craning? crane inspector. What's that? You mean the craning? The craning. The craning. Well, the, all I can say is that this this wasn't like a video we watched. This was a guy telling stories of real shit he had seen of people being mangled because of cranes and booms. Oh and yeah, like, those those the 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 cable on that. If you get between that cable and anything, it's just gonna shred you. Yeah. So it's like no, that it's like nope. It's like I said that I said that. I leaned. I, I said it to the other uh, the other INC guy. I said, uh, yeah. It's like if uh, you know the one thing I learned from that, Jack. He goes, what's that? I go? Stay the fuck away from cranes. That's yep. what I learned. Like, <laughs> I learned that I'm gonna walk the long way around to get over to the to the warehouse. I'm not going that way. But uh, but all that being said. And electrocution in a movie is always amusing because you yes. have no idea what the hell it's going to look like. And this one, when you've got a guy in a wheelchair, yes, and he's yes. the shock, the, the the little shock panel, it's like, oh, you know where this is going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No and, and I can't help think, but thinking that it was a little bit of a little tribute to uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. Yeah, I could totally see it. But uh, yeah, like I said that this this it 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 tickles me because like I said I rented this like I said all those years ago based on the strength of the VHS box of the the poster and the artwork and the tagline, not really knowing anything about it, always remembering the title, you know, and 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 the image and the and it it just amused the heck out of me, and I I've always kind of stuck with it, and so that it was always on the list for Horror Rex Hanger On Horror Rex Hanger On because. You know, like I said, it it served its purpose. It got me to rent it because of the VHS box. So I I got to give it props on that. Even though, as you said, Chris, it is such an unknown movie that a lot of people have just never heard of. It has a lot of rewatch value, though. Like if I was like 12 years old and was watching this movie, I would watch this every time it was on HBO because it's got all like all the people yelling stuff from the audience. It's just got all sorts of and. And I got to say, it really benefits. And I guess I was reading that uh, Ormsby was going to be the director and then he bowed out, but he directed all of the movie in the movie stuff. And all of that stuff is super quality. It really looks authentic and it has the feel of it, the way the actors act and everything. It's and like they use quite a bit of it. They linger on. They just they don't even just like show a shot of the screen. They the, the movie will take over the screen and be what you're watching. And I loved it. I loved it. Like usually like that would be like uh, you're just like wasting time or you're taking away from you're you're definitely like taking away from the scary value of the movie. But by that time, it's just you're just having fun. And I like that it just said, fuck it. We're just going to, we're going to have, we're going to have fun with this. We'll watch, we'll watch a good two minutes of, of mosquito (laughs) now, you know, we'll we'll, we'll, survive a nuclear blast by ducking covering. Yeah. (laughs) It was, it was, yeah. Washington on the phone right now. That that's the one I love because they say that in both of them in, 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 uh, Mosquito and Attack of the Amazing Electrified Man. They say, get Washington on the phone right now. I the love Attack that. of the Amazing Le- Electrified Man. I want to see that movie. That yeah. movie's like, <laughs> yeah. and you could, it's like, it's even on a different, like, black and white film stock than the Mosquito movie, you know, and it's, yeah. it's filmed with a little more art and craft to it. It's just, 
yeah, it's it's really nice, you know. The, the other gag I love in Attack of the Amazing Electrified Man is the second or the third bit that we see from it where he gets accosted by the by the hoodlums where they're yeah. all obviously supposed to be air quotes up to the mic teenagers and they all look to be about 40. Yeah, yeah. I lo- that is that is so dead on. I mean, any of and us has a- watched enough enough schlock movies from the from the the late 50s early 60s knows that you get a gang of air quotes up to the mic teenagers that look like you know it's like no no but Uh then at the same time you have like in the mosquito movie you have all the soldiers that look like they're like 15 years old yeah (laughs) just like major mccloskey um (laughs) like walking off looking into the camera and stuff it's just glorious yeah I really yes. want to know what the plot of the stench is. We never get, we don't see too much of the stench. Killer I don't stench. know what it's about. Killer the stench. other two, we at least know. It's like the sequel to Matango. Yeah. I mean, well, it, I, the... I, 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 Jay, actually, you know, you're not, you're not far off because I figured it had to be some, one of those like J horror, but yeah. the way with the color palette, the color palette made me think more of like, of like Godzilla versus Hedra, like the early seventies. So it's like, is it like an environmental horror film is it you know is is it like a sentient odor you know well, it's, so it's, it's like, also what, got, what could it be? <laughs> it's also got this like look it's got that look of it well it starts out at the beginning you see the stench and then you see the japanese writing underneath it yes. and uh it, it and then instantly it's got that look to it of this is a print made off another print right you know, this is down a mm. generation it had that just where everything on the edges was at the edges of everything were super soft, mm-hmm. like a lot of Kung Fu movies or a lot of movies that you would get out of Asia yeah. at that time period. I mean, just the, 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 the attention to the details of that is and and watching it. And you see a lot these days there's a, with our technology, it's very easy for people to be like, I can do this in the style of this, this time period and stuff. And this really like like I have to watch matinee again because I think this like like even was more realistic than Matt was in in uh, matinee. You know, I I think they like just perfectly, uh, you know, almost with more care than the rest of the movie. (laughs) Yeah, into into the details of those, which makes me want to watch the whole movie again. Because it is a very deep, there's a lot of stuff going on. So it makes me think like on rewatches, you got to pick up more, you know, details thrown along. It really reminds me of those Alan Arkish all night rock and roll movies, you know, where just there's a storyline that goes on that an overarching storyline that gets resolved by the end of it. But like the main fun of it is you're part of the crowd there yeah. on the night of everything happening, you know, right. and and I was very surprised that they didn't go the d- the dark route of where they could have gassed the whole the whole uh, theater full of people or electrocuted the theater full of whole right. theater full of people. They they spared the people in the theater. And yeah. Well, right. Let, let he, them have their yeah. fun night. <laughs> well, because Toby wanted the yes. adulation. He wanted the cheering audience, and he, you yes. know. Because he says, because again, and that that to me is what the connection really, the connective tissue with Scream. 
Yes. Because in you know, because he says, Well, should we spare this virgin and let her go, or should I kill her? And they all start cheering to kill her. Because yes. of course they're going to, because they're horror fans. Is yeah. that after the Robin comic <laughs> fiasco? <Yeah. laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It's after uh, Death in the Family, yeah. Yes, yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, of course they're going to cheer for it. I mean, they, you know, when, the, when they're watching Amazing Electrified Man, there is a chant for a good 30 seconds of fry him, fry him, fry him. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I thought that I thought that was real. Like I said, that 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 whole bit amused me. And and you know, Jill Sholin, who uh, she is Maggie slash Sarah in this, um, sort of a scream queen. Um, she was in Stepfather before this. She was in Cutting Class. She was in the Robert England Phantom of the Opera previous previous to this. Though yeah. so she's she's done a few other horror films. She was, uh, you know, I I think she's really good in this. But you know, again, I I do kind of right. like girls with dark hair like that, so I may just be more prone. Yes, I she's she I she is definitely one of my types too visually. But I just I just didn't. She I mean she was she she fulfilled she fulfilled the the role of it. But like I didn't get like intrigued. I got more intrigued with Toby once he got going yes. as as a character. You know. Right. Yeah. Uh, once once it got going once i realized that i didn't have to care about any kind of character development for for any kind of enjoyment of the movie it all went out the window at any you know desire for for the acting to be better or anything like that went right out the window yeah that this you know one of the one of the uh one of the methods that i would use the horror wreck hanger on back when i was in school was that would be something to watch you know, I say with 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 a room full of your friends and a case of your favorite beverage. Now I'm again no judgment, whatever your favorite beverage was. You know, for Jay back then it might have been a Cuba Mountain Dew, right? Back in, in college. Yep. But uh, you know, uh, I, I was always I was always personally a little partial to uh, Dr Pepper and Captain Morgan. But uh, you know, whatever you're drinking. But uh, you know, so that and this one is definitely one of them. That this is one again befitting the setting of being at the horrorthon with an audience full of people watching this with a group is, is a lot of fun and it gets a lot of response because it it's an engaging, you know, uh, scenario and an engaging film. So that, that's another thing to consider too. It's like, oh sometimes, my God. We, sometimes we watch things on this, on this podcast where it's like, don't watch this with your, your family. Don't watch this with <laughs> anyone, you know, it's like draw the what? blinds, close the windows, you know, don't know. It's if, like, not, if not a situation here with popcorn that you need to be, if concerned. we ever get a hold of a theater, we should do the, uh, uh, a meta all night, Movie marathon, a marathon, oh, a marathon of movie set, movie marathon. With, with this, <laughs> maybe maybe scream, scream's too obvious. But what was oh, what was the one that we watched with the with the abandoned theater with everybody rehearsing in it? Oh, stage uh, fright, stage fright would be a good one. Demons yeah, just, would be demons, one. Yeah. Demons, yes. yes. And just yeah, and I mean, and this one would have to be like the end of it, you know. Oh this yeah, you gotta lift to everybody the, up. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah, and it would be the most, you know, on the nose of all of them. But yeah, it would be really fun. Demons would be fun trying to trying to pull gags. <laughs> yeah. Demons, it's like you're backstage with a motorcycle, just like boom, 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 boom. <laughs> now, now, yeah. 
you see the and and uh, you know, my my issue with demons and Jay, I think you'll agree with me. The problem with demons is that the movie they're watching is like way more interesting than the movie we're watching. Demons, <laughs> <you know? laughs> that may just be me. <laughs> no, I I, I I haven't seen demons in a long time, but I remember I remember having that exact same thought. <laughs> Oh man, demons! Demons is one of those ones where it's had a ton. It's like zombie. It's had like a like a ton of unofficial sequels. And by right. unofficial sequels, we mean some director had their movie that they made, and then in Italy it was called Demons. You know, whatever. Right. Yeah, it's some movie from somewhere else, and they're like, let's just slap demons on it. <laughs> we we call it we call it the demoni. We make a more money. It's okay. It's okay. It's, it's like not us. any any movie that had a guy with a gun, Django. Yeah. And I'm like, nope. Nope. There, the thing is, like, uh, the the there's only um, uh, who played Django. I totally blanked on his name right Franco now. Franco Nero. Franco Nero. Thank yes. you. Right. It, it, he plays Django, but like, there's all these other movies that have basically just ripped off Django anyway. And they're like, oh, J-, it's like Django this and Django that, and like for a few dollars more, Django will show up. And like, you know, like. Hey, whatever, you know, kind of thing. So Yeah, they, they uh-huh. didn't even go the peplum route where they just, you know, make up some other heroes to star in it. It's like, right, right, we yeah, cannot no. use a Hercules and we use a Samson. It is okay. It is okay. Yeah. He, he is a big muscle man. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what is it, Goliath <laughs> and the vampires? You're like, I don't know about this, buddy. Yeah. Or, or, you know, Vulcan, son of Jupiter, or, you yes. know, I mean, Machiste. Everybody loves Machiste because Machiste, or my cheesesteak, if you're an MSG. I was going to say, yeah, you say cheesesteak. My yeah. cheesesteak. So Machiste is actually an Italian folk hero. So he's the one that made the most sense, you know. Yeah. So that's why there's yeah. plenty. And Machiste, also in the public domain. So there's plenty of <laughs> Machiste out there. In fact, I I was I was uh, workshopping a new project with Machiste, so was uh, stay tuned. Kickstarter link coming, you know what? Uh, never, but uh, um, you know that. Yeah, that's you know you're right. It's it's that's 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 always the, the measure. Is like, well, how successful how successful was your genre film? Well, how many Italian ripoffs did it have? But so yeah, this was it was a lot of fun for me to to revisit popcorn and, and having an excuse to to revisit it. Um, if you are interested in watching popcorn, you're in luck because the film is, is still in print. And in fact, there's a, uh, the special edition Blu-ray, which has a new 2k transfer and a bunch of special features and stuff on it is available on Amazon for like 23 bucks. And, uh, if you're too cheap to go the Blu-ray route, you can get the DVD of the exact same thing for 18 bucks. And if you're, and if you're too cheap for 18 bucks on a Blu-ray, you can find the movie on YouTube if you look hard yep. enough. Yeah, so. <laughs> there's like 18 versions of it. They're all VHS. Some of them have yeah, like they're not not great. Yeah, different but. subtitles. That yeah, but you know, I mean, watching it on VHS is almost like sort of. Yeah, this, this yeah. is this is one if I ever find it on VHS is coming home with me. You know, it, that's it's, how the movie should be watched. Right, right, right. I can't wait for them to have a revival because that would be like the first time it's there. You have to revival means bring it back. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's one of those things, uh, you know, oh, you know what else would be good in the meta festival would be Gremlins 2. Oh, you know? yeah. And that is some of the best parts of that movie. Well, like that's Gremlins, Gremlins 2 is another, it's, it's one of those ones <laughs> where it, that movie understood so much about every about just about God and the universe and everything, but <laughs> it, it understood its meta-ness. 
to what to the point of where like when you saw it in the movie screen before Hulk Hogan showed up, you know, the the film melted, but then when it went over to video, they they had the goddamn decency to make it of yes. to make them screwing up the videotape. Yeah. And, and do you yeah. want to know something else? Would you like to know more? I know you love film novelizations, Chris. Oh, the novelization, yes. Do you have the novelization of Gremlins 2? Oh, I do. I haven't read it yet. Oh, does so, oh, oh my god. Yes, I, I won't does? spoil it. I won't spoil it, but they do a special version of that bit in oh. the novelization. <laughs> unique yeah. to the novelization. Oh, oh. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I like, I, I just lucked into that 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 was one of my holy grails was gremlins 2 and i think it was because of you you said something like oh the gremlins 2 novelization and my brain just went toink about <laughs> what and uh and the rocky 2 those yeah. two those sequel just direct sequel novelizations are amazing and has anybody read the just to further spiral off the the once upon a time in america novelization i can uh, I yeah. don't. I have it. I'm. I can see it from where I'm sitting. I'm. I'm curious. I'm. I. I want to read it. Although I'm sorely disappointed. I think they missed a big opportunity. I think it should have been written. Even if Tarantino wrote it, he should have written it under the name of whatever Kurt Russell's character was. And I think because my theory of the movie was that the movie was an adaptation of the true crime story that Kurt Russell's character wrote. Cause he was like, yeah, I knew those guys, you know, and blah, blah, blah through stunts and everything. So he would, knew just enough scuttlebutt to write a story to make some money off. And I, I sort of wish the novelization was like the true crime story of him where he tells, you know, the story of like, yeah, you know, I'd met Cliff a dozen times and there was one time and he got a fight with you, Bruce Lee. I'm and, sorry. Are you talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Hollywood. In Hollywood. In Hollywood. That's Once Upon a Time in America is a way oh, different yeah, movie than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm, I'm misspeaking. Yeah, I'm misspeaking. There wasn't because, no, I, because I have, I hold in my hands the book Once Upon a Time in America by Lee Hayes. Oh, oh. Which is which is a different, a totally different concept than. Now, you know. that's a, that's what I that's probably one that's hard to get a hold of too. You know that wasn't probably a very. Well, that came out what that movie came out in the eighties, didn't it? No, uh, America. What's about time in America was nineteen eighty four, I think. Yeah, yeah, because it had a big scandal where the. Oh, where I think it was about time in the West. Yeah, yeah. no, the, this the America was like his big mafia movie and then it got slaughtered by the studio they just slashed it like half the screen time and it was a muddled mm-hmm. muddled yep. mess which luckily i didn't see well. i got i i fi- when i first saw it i got to see the full version of it which was yeah. amazing and then i and then later on i got to see the 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 version the secondary version and i don't know how anybody could have sat through it and made sense <laughs> like, of it uh, it's like it's a mad 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 world huh you know? yeah it's slightly less mad so the thing is though so what chris was saying so the novelization of once by time in hollywood uh the the soft cover came out and then when you read the soft cover the very the last page of the soft cover says look for the hardcover version featuring pictures and added bonus materials 
So everyone who bought the softcover version is like a big fuck you to you. We have your money. Now you got to fucking buy the hardcover to get buy the old it again. Shit. You know you want to. Yeah. Uh, they used to do that shit. It's, you know, it's not out of, you know, money grubbing is not out of the <laughs> out I'm of the whole saying. genre he's doing. Yeah, yeah but it's, like if he would have done that as a true crime book, you know, and the back page was a picture of Kurt Russell's character, you know, blah, 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 was a stuntman for, you know, many years and knew both you know, both these characters, well, and he had even met a few of the Manson people, and this is his, and then had a few, sto- you know, and had a few self-serving stories of him meeting other people and stuff like that. I think it could have been awesome. But yeah. Metafiction yeah. is a refer- re- recurring theme here. I mean, yeah. <laughs> way, way back in hallowed antiquity on this show, we covered another metatextual film we covered uh in the mouth of madness mm-hmm. which and, again and, is from the same era as this it's all that that meta yeah. stuff in the 90s right because that was 95 i think that was also right around yeah. the scream era so you know we're, we're we're we were meta before it was cool yeah we oh we, we we went way back to uh cannibal holocaust is pretty meta in yeah a lot of ways that's that's meta all right yeah that's meta yeah. man it's the meta powers. You know? They're, they're going to unite. Yeah, meta powers, and then they're going to explode. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, seriously, if you, have, if you haven't watched Popcorn, haven't seen Popcorn, seek it out. It's a lot of fun. If you listen to this show, I think I think you'll enjoy it. I mean, I I think it's a hoot. It and, is. Uh, it's you it's know. a fun one. Yeah. And again, great, great score. You know, great score of, reg- of reggae music, which is what I always think of when I think of, you know, early 90s horror is Jamaican reggae. I'm having a hell of a I'm having a hell of a time finding soundtrack music to it, which is weird because I know it's had a soundtrack release to it because I was reading a track listing of the the vinyl release of it, and there had been a CD release of it too, but I I can't find it anywhere. We have faith. I, I can find I can I can find some of the songs featured in it, but not by. The original artists. I can find that the the reggae artists tons of songs that they did and them play them playing lots of live concerts, which are uh, pretty. They they were uh, they they were showmen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Let's get some MCs making some toasts, you know, and just keep playing and just flow from one song right into another. That's that's huh? that's the way it runs with the with a reggae show, right? So. Yeah. Oh, they 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 are they, they did a a cover of uh, Sex Machine that was very very entertaining. That's <laughs> <sighs> sex, yes. Yeah, and hey, also an Iron Maiden joke. So that popped me. Yes. <laughs> That popped me as well. <laughs> it's not just for metalheads. <laughs> yeah, the Iron Maiden joke, I was just like, oh, well, okay, it's not a real Iron Maiden. Because he's just like closing it up. I'm like, oh, is that the end of that character? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. He's just making a joke. It's like, wow, that that was a little anticlimactic. I mean, his whole thing—he's trying to get her, and he's like, just killed her like that. Oh, 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 never. Mind. Yeah, I mean, pe- and 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 another thing is, people died in this movie. But at the same time, it just didn't—it just didn't have that that bleak, 
bleak feeling of death that like a lot of the movies would have during this time period. It's it's that even even though the even though like it really didn't give us any obnoxiously horrible abhorrent characters like they usually do. Everybody was just a little obnoxious, exaggerated, but there wasn't any any huge assholes except for the boyfriend and he just got beat up a lot yeah and even him you know he i mean because he got he got he he gets pounded on and embarrassed and humiliated throughout the entire picture which is great i mean he literally gets he literally splits his pants yeah it's a trope more it's a trope (laughs) more it's a trope more of like an all-night party movie you know of a john hughes storyline rather than usually you know it's uh, it, like in 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 earlier or later slasher films he'd be he'd have been decapitated it so he would have had all his humiliations but at the end he would have gotten you know uh, a knife to the top of his skull or something like that but this this move i was was this rated pg it had to no. be rated pg it's or pg 13 it was r r it's r yeah. They must have done. They, it must have been. They, yeah, there was some swearing because he did look like a fucking snow cone. <laughs> so yeah. So I guess they. It, but if it was R, it was for swearing because it wasn't for boobs or blood. Well, I mean, it was also okay. ninety-one, you know. So yeah. Yeah. We hadn't got to the PG thirteen level of that being okay yet. You still yeah. have and stuff though. Well, I would I would want to market this movie as an R-rated movie more than a PG or PG-13 movie cuz nobody wanted to go see nobody thought nope. a PG-13 movie was going to be scary at all. Doesn't matter, no one saw it anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's like Major the, League. Yeah. Can't doesn't matter, no one's listening. And nobody's listening. <laughs> Who gives a shit? It's gone. <laughs> I say that all the time on like like uh, was it get back to the wrestling? Doesn't matter, no one's listening. People are like, we're listening. I'm like, it's from Major League. You go, yes. for, you know, it's a wrestling. Not the best color man in the business for nothing. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it's from Major League. Chew on that. Yeah. <laughs> and bro, <laughs> show is brought to you by. Yeah. I can't find it. The hell with it. <laughs> One hit. All we got is one goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn here. It doesn't matter. No one's listening. (laughs) I'm cutting it on that. (laughs) Everything is a movie to me. Yeah, well, let's let's make the next one a comedy, okay? Would you hold me? Sucking insects, 
three to ten on the shot goal. Let's go. We're talking bad. Bad. We're talking rad. We're talking mad, mad scientist, Frankenstein, Brad, schizophrenic, Jekyll, and his paranoid clad. Zombies from the masquerades make them scream and yell. Bugs as big as houses, demon dogs from hell. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True Freaks. Freaks.